If you crack open an American history book, it's sure to be filled with founding fathers, bloody wars, and the inventions that brought this country to the industrial age. But there's a whole other world that waits for us in the shadows. Tales of unlikely heroes, world-changing tragedies, and legends that are unique to this country's spirit. So join me, Lauren Vogelbaum, for a tour of American history unlike any other, through a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Aaron Menke's Grim and Mild. Get ready for American Shadows. Listen to American Shadows on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. With a pandemic and a revolution happening at the same time, we get to choose what kind of society we want to rebuild and who we want to be together. I'm Baratunde Thurston, author, activist, and comedian. And I've got a new podcast, How to Citizen with Baratunde. Our democratic experiment is at a tipping point, but which way we tip is up to us iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go. Come on, Bobby. Bobby Bones. Transmitting drive across America. Turn it up. Yeah. This is the Bobby Bones Show. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome to Tuesday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Amy, how are you? Doing good. How about you? I'm pretty good. Here's the question, because my dog... If I see him having a nightmare in his little bed, I always go, oh, man, I'll wake him up. Because he'll be in bed and just slap, waving at stuff, slapping at stuff. If your dog was doing that, like going, just like asleep but slapping it, would you wake your dog up? I mean, so he's bothering you? No. He's just in his bed, but you can tell he's asleep and something's going on. Okay. No, I don't. Why? Do you? Because you want to, if it's having a nightmare, you want him to not have to do that? I kind of feel like I'm on nightmare patrol with him. Okay. Because he'll just be going at it. And I'm like, Stanley. (laughs) And he also falls asleep so quickly again that I'm okay with it. Oh, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Because he was having some sort of fit this morning. In his bed. But now my dog, 95% of the time, he sleeps. He doesn't have a room anymore. He just stays in the house. It's all cool. And I used to put him in a room. Is it First of all, it's a crate when he's a puppy. Bigger, bigger. Now we've kind of, he just runs free in the house. But he's a big, he's a bulldog. He's 60 pounds. Um, he still likes to chew at all times. Meaning, it doesn't, not to chew to destroy. There's like a piece of iron. He would just chew on it. He has something. From when he was, he just always likes to chew. We were told before we got him, because one, he was sick. And two, they were like him and another dog, they just chew all the time from puppy. But when he gets tired, he'll grab your foot with his mouth and just gnaw. Not hard, but just gnaw. There's something in him that makes him want to chew all the time. Hmm, like it's soothing for him. Whatever it is, I don't like it. But now it's just trying to get him to chew on the right things. Like mm-hmm. if you must chew, because we have this, on like the bottom of the bar, of this bar thing we have in our house, he, he there's a piece of wood and he's chewed it. It's just like splinters everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that's what not to chew. <laughs> right. And then the chew toys I buy him, he doesn't want to chew on. He only wants to chew on things that he shouldn't chew on. And all things I buy him to chew on, he just looks at. It's like he knows like it's more valuable if he's not supposed to chew on it. Mm-hmm. But I do have to say, I've been very grateful that he hasn't been sick in a while. And I don't believe in the jinx. But he's been almost two and a half months without any sort of surgery whatsoever. Which oh. is a, which is a record for that dog because he's had seven surgeries at this point. All right. Anyway, that's what I was. That was on my mind when I walked in. I know. Now I'm wondering if I should start waking my dog up. I, listen, he could be having the greatest dream ever. He could be running yeah. through a field with a bunch of uh, lady bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to interrupt that? Right. 
I don't feel like that's what it is, though. <laughs> mm, not at all. I've never heard about tipping the kitchen. Me neither, but my brother-in-law does this all the time. And I thought, why have I never heard of this or thought of it? Because, you know, it is a way of being considerate of the entire staff at a restaurant. But what he'll do is he'll leave a tip for his server and then like add extra and then he just tells the server hey this is yours and if you could tip the rest out to the kitchen I'd appreciate that and the server is he said nine times out of ten they'd get it right away and they're like awesome kitchen's gonna love it never heard of it and, and I worked in a restaurant as a server for a long time yeah. nobody ever tipped the kitchen when I was working at the restaurant and I've never tipped the kitchen because I didn't know that was a thing me neither but now I'm gonna be aware of that and then uh, so we started talking about it oh, the reason why it came up is I think my my brother-in-law was just going to order one drink, uh, but we had already paid the full bill. And then the, my other brother-in-law was like, hey, why don't you just go ahead and add a big tip on top of that one drink and give it to the kitchen? And that's how the conversation started. So you could even do it that way if you want to separate it from the server's tip. Would you tip the kitchen lunchbox? No. Well, I, like, listen... That if they're going to, I can't tip everybody in the restaurant. I don't tip the hostess. I don't tip the, I mean, <laughs> listen, guys, there is one person I'm tipping, the waiter. If he wants to give some of his money to the kitchen staff for making him look good by getting me food, that's fine. But I don't have time and I don't have the, the financials to be tipping everybody in the restaurant. Sorry, guys. I, I appreciate you working in the kitchen and cooking me food, but I ain't tipping you. That's a good point. I don't think that this is for everybody, but my brother-in-law's in a place where he he's like, I can do this, and and I just, so I do it. But I don't think it has to be for everybody. Well, in all my days of waiting tables, nobody ever tipped the kitchen. Never? I know, I never. All my days of being hostess for six weeks. Well, but we would have, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But the thing is, we would always pay out the busboys, you know, from our tips. Like, we were expected oh, to pay. To so act, it's included. Like, uh, your tip. Like, it just depends on where you went, because with us... You know, we at the end of the night we would collect, we'd have all of our tips, and then we would give a percentage to the bus boys and girls, the bussers, um, because they made our job easier. So yeah, we was never a thing to tip the bussers. Also, if I'm Amy's waiting on Amy's table and her brother-in-law says, "Here, tip the kitchen," I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, got you. No problem. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, my back pocket." <laughs> you, what? No, that's yeah, wrong. yeah. Oh, interesting though. I wonder if that's it. Where does he live? What state? He lives in Houston. So. Mm-hmm. Is he a baller? A though? bigger city. He's pretty. Yeah. Succe- he's worked his butt off, but he's very successful. Is he yes. older? Yeah. Oh. He's a lot older. I can understand ballers doing that. Yeah. It's not to show off. No, he wasn't showing off. No, he's no, no. A very I, would do, no guy. I would do that to show off. Oh, okay. I'd be like, <laughs> and this for the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not like that at all. He just, I think, appreciate tries to appreciate all the work of all the people, and he knows how hard it is, especially right now. So. He's tipping the kitchens. Did you ever get tipped as a hostess in six weeks? No, not that I recall. But sometimes I would seat people in the wrong area. But here's the thing about being a hostess is, you know, you have your map of the restaurant. You have different sections. And each server, you should divide up the people that come in. So you don't want to double seat anybody because that would be, as you as a waiter, that adds stress, right? So, but sometimes... Because I feel really bad if I would be taking people to section 25A to their table and then the people all of a sudden were like, oh, we really don't want to sit there. I didn't have the heart to be like, oh, let me go back to the map and try to figure this out. I'd just be like, well, which table do you want? And then I let them pick and then I would end up screwing over 
servers. And but I just had a hard time telling people, oh, what to do. That was easily fixable, though. Well, how? Well, because I mean, the people would do it all the time. They would go, hey, we don't want to sit there. Is there any way we can sit over here? And the answer is yes. The answer should always be I know yes. the customer's always right, but yes. the servers do not like me sometimes. Right. I got yelled at a lot in my six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there, there. You must not have been a very good. <laughs> you guys hit us with your questions. Hit us with your comments. You can email us. The email address is... Mailbag at bobbybones.com. Let's open it up. Bobby's Mailbag. Hey, guys. This is Mark. I'm emailing you this morning to get your opinion on something. So last night I was in Costco and I saw a wallet in the parking lot. It was right by my car. And I was like, huh. It had all this guy's stuff in it. Cash, cards, no phone number. So I did some research, found the guy on Facebook and contacted him. He actually posted on Facebook, I lost my wallet today and I'm freaking out. He was so grateful. I met up with him at the back of the Costco, gave him his wallet. He thanked me from a distance and that was it. Now my girlfriend thought for sure he would offer me some cash, but he didn't. You know, I thought he would too. Was I wrong? I mean, was he obligated to offer me a reward or am I being a little greedy? Sign Mark. Well, you can relate to that. Yeah, oh yeah, this happened to me. And mm, Different. First of all, he mm. doesn't owe you anything, right? Right. And you didn't do it to get anything, honestly. In your heart, you thought, I'm going to get this guy his. And I would think you thought that because if it happened to you, you don't want someone to do that to you as well. Right. I don't think his first instinct, if that was your first instinct, you'd probably take in some cash. Right, and maybe people that are wondering if they're wrong for feeling like they should have gotten some sort of a reward, maybe because they're the type of people that would give a reward. Nice. Here's what I'm going to say on the front side of this. You're not, you you shouldn't expect a reward. You shouldn't expect something back for doing something nice. Right. It's kind of, you know, maybe you could have given you a few bucks, but that's up to him. Maybe he didn't have it to give. Maybe that cash was for something specific and that's all the cash that he had. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, you're not wrong to feel a certain way. I feel like you're never wrong to feel. You're only wrong to act sometimes if that action is is bad. Um, you're not wrong to feel that way, but you didn't. If he didn't want to give you one, you're cool. Like you didn't, don't go invoice him or anything. <laughs> so um, I'll leave it there. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, you're not. Nobody's obligated to pay you back for you doing the right thing. Yeah, you did the right thing. Like just know that in your heart. Lunchbox. Ah, uh, you should have probably taken a twenty out of the wallet at least. <laughs> Before you give it to them, that way when they say, oh, you know, no, I'm not going to give you a reward. You already know. I already got my reward. Don't worry about it. So you would say even take it and then demand you him not give you a reward. Yeah, like, oh, no, don't worry about it, dude. You don't need to give me a reward. I'm I'm cool. Like, I just did it out of the goodness of my heart. Uh, You shouldn't expect a reward. It's okay to be disappointed you didn't get one. But it's a single person. If it were an entity like mine, when the bank said, hey, come back for your reward... The quick version of the story was I was in an ATM. I saw a bunch of money blow out of it. I went and picked it all up. I took it into the bank. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I said, here you go. You may need this. They said, wow, guy, you're a hero. Come back Monday. We have a reward for you. That was on a Friday. So I spent all night, Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, just thinking of what that reward was going to be. This is a bank, a multi-million dollar institution. What trip are they going to send me on? What car are they going to buy me? <laughs> I arrived to get my reward, chest poked out. Only because they told me. I didn't expect a reward ever. I didn't do it for the reward. But they told me, come get your reward on Monday. Walked into this financial institution, hair slicked back, my collar popped. And they said, here's a hat for the bank and a 10% coupon to the fish restaurant. Not even a free meal. And I wouldn't have cared except they built it up. And it was one of those hats. It doesn't matter. I shouldn't have expected a reward. And I didn't except they told me I was going to get one. 
but you did the right thing, and you know that in your heart. It's fine. I'm done now, and I'm irritated again at the bank. Uh, Morgan, the email address? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. And that was Bobby's Mailbag. On Crook and Chase Nashville Chats, a visit with global superstars Brian Kelly and Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line. Now, they've made history with their music and have been just as successful offstage. However, there's one thing they've decided they won't do during the pandemic. You'll learn what and why. Plus, a chat about what they'll explore next and fashion, family, and out of nowhere, butt skiing. <laughs> it's Tyler and BK with CNC. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So there's this guy, he's driving along in his SUV, and then he rams into the back of a bus because he had a seizure while he was driving. He passed out at the steering wheel with his foot on the accelerator. You can hear in the audio the car still revving up against the bus. They need to stop that car, it won't stop. He's. Has a, he's having a seizure right then. Yeah, because he and he passed out. Yeah. So then uh, some bystanders were able to break the window and get inside to help rescue him. Luckily, he, nobody was hurt. He only suffered minor injuries. Wow. Um, but pretty crazy. And then awesome of people to step in and get him out of there. So it, was, it would stop doing that. And everybody's okay. Yeah, everybody's doing. Everybody's okay. Wow. Except for, I mean, yeah. Now he's gonna. I don't think after you, like, if you have seizures, then you can't drive for, like, a really long time. Yeah, but at least now he knows that he may have yeah, a seizure. and he's can step Oof. away from the wheel. Good thing for those uh, good Samaritans, yeah. as they say. All right, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Pennsylvania. Two people broke into a house. They thought the people were out of town. Uh-oh, people are inside. What are we going to do? Girl's like, I'll tie them up with my bra. So she tied him up with her bra. They got away. Only problem is she had her name on her tag of the bra. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. A lot of you guys are asking questions from the text line. I have a screen that sees all the text. Morgan number two has a screen, the same screen that sees all the same text. And so she notes a lot of these. And uh, let's let's answer some of them. Here we go. Question number one. Why did Amy adopt through Haiti and not America? Ooh, a question that we hit about once every six months. Yeah. Amy has two kids. About two years ago, they came to America after about a five-year process of getting them from Haiti. Amy? Okay, so we were adopting domestically. We were unable to get pregnant. We didn't want to pursue IVF or any other fertility treatments. We did a little bit of work with that, but then decided adoption was probably what we should do. We were adopting a newborn domestic baby, and that, ironically, was taking forever. And in that time frame, I went to Haiti to work uh, like on a mission trip to work at this orphanage and I saw a need there for older kids, older as anybody that's like two and a half, three years old and up. Like all the babies were spoken for or matched. But I, I, I felt like, oh my gosh, like what is going to happen to these kids? If some of them age out and they grow up and they don't have a family. And I went home, my husband and I talked about it. And we were like, are we, could this, could we be someone that takes in an older kid from an orphanage? And we both decided that, yeah, we felt like we could do that. So we decided to give it a try <laughs> and we're still figuring it out. And it took years and years and years. Yeah. Amy would just go, I got to go to Haiti. So she would go and- yeah, I, would, I went about four or five times a year for five years. And so, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was one of those things. I think if it's put on your heart, you just know. And then we- 
we put our domestic adoption on hold and pursued that. And that's what, that's what we went after. Because for us, I think honestly, you either, it's not, it's not for everybody. And sometimes I don't even know that it's for us, but I think you kind of have to feel it in your heart if that's what you should do. And that's, we listen to our The answer is, the quick answer is they were doing a mission trip in Haiti, were moved I saw a need that I didn't really, without going there, I didn't know that was a need. I didn't know some kids actually, like my daughter was, you know, six. By the time she came here, she was 10. Some of those kids, then they're 12, then they're 13. And then people are like, oh, you know, everybody wants a baby or a young one and they can be, you know, and it, I couldn't, I just couldn't imagine them growing up and turning 18 and then just being in the streets. It would just, what happens to some people. Morgan, number two, next question. How is it determined who talks on the show? Well, I think for, it all goes to Amy and I first. So we talk about it. And then mostly it's who has an opinion about something. Who, who, what would you say? I don't know that there's a real method to our madness. It just starts with Amy and I and kind of seeps out. Sometimes if it's like Morgan number two, like if it's a young female thing. Oh, for sure. I'll go, hey, it's Morgan number two thing. I'll go over to her. If it's a real dad thing, I'll go to Eddie. Eddie's got four kids. If it's about casinos and gambling or lottery tickets, you know, we kind of all have our specialty as well. I'll go to Lunchbox. So uh, if it's about movies, we'll go to Mike. Everybody kind of has their there's area of of uh, expertise. Um, so I think that's how. Also, people will say, hey, I have an idea for a segment. And if they have the idea for a segment and it gets used, they get on the air for that too. I think that's probably how it goes for the most part. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I know that sounds about right. Mostly, I just go to Amy and go, what do you think? <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I have no idea. All right, what else? All right, last one. What is Bobby's thoughts on the evolution of country music, or as people know it, pop country music? My thoughts on the evolution of country music. Interesting. That this has never not been a discussion. Meaning, for the history of country music, it has always been a discussion of this ain't country music. It's never not been a discussion. We're not in this new area of, well, country just sucks now. People have always said that. About any art, by the way, period, where there are are eras and themes, every art is considered garbage by somebody who's in a different area. It's funny to watch hip-hop go through the same thing Uh, because we're handling that country music, and you have guys, oh, that's not country. When anyone says that's not country, I, I I laugh at that because okay, you're the you are the expert of all art. To me, what country music is is wonderful, authentic storytelling in music. That's that's what it means to me. Now, it may mean to you a banjo. Now, you're not wrong, but I'm not wrong either. Within art, there is no right or wrong. That's the beauty of it, and people that consume it are dictating where it goes. So when Garth was blowing up, people were like, that's not country music. They said the same thing to Garth. They said the same thing to Johnny Cash. All of this that's happening right now has always happened. And when it stops happening, that's when it dies. Whenever people stop getting mad about where country music is going, that's when it dies. You never want to stop having this conversation because when everyone's happy and satisfied, that means it's just in a place and it's not moving. Sometimes it moves in directions that it has to correct itself. Sometimes it goes in wonderful places to you, but not to me. So as soon as people stop going, well, it sucks, it's going to die. You want it to always be like that. You want people always challenging art because 
otherwise, without art being challenged, art stagnates and just dies, dissipates. And it is so. When people get into those fights, I'm like, that's where it should be. People should be having these fights. That's what's amazing about mm-hmm. it. Any art, in country music is we're in that, so it's a big deal to us. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a weird way to think about it. But well, jazz music's a good example. It never evolved, so now it's like that's dead. Who listens to that? That's a great example. And I don't listen to jazz. You know what? It, it didn't huge evolve to me in the 30s and the 40s. Yeah, gone. So the uh, and for all of you out there, when you hear a song, you know, that's not country music. You're not right. You're also not wrong, because to you that's not country music. And art is where we hold it and what it means to us in that spot. We all have our walls for the art that we like and how we feel about it. And if it doesn't fit within your walls, it's okay for it not to be that to you. And if it doesn't fit in enough people's walls, then it, it the people dictate where it goes by spending money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my real country music would mean you make country with a rubber band and a stick in the literal country. <laughs> oh. And the liter- with, with a bottle like an Andy Griffith. <laughs> you know, that would mean, what, but that's... That, that's not what it means to most people. Three chords in the truth. Oh, good one, Amy. Well, Amy came to me and was like, what is it? Bobby talking about <laughs> So that's why I would say it should be something to be addressed all the time because as soon as it's not, it's dead. Mm-hmm. When it's not a topic and people worried and bouncing it back and forth, it just dies. So I love that it's a conversation. Uh, how do you feel about that answer? I feel like it's a good answer. But I mean, yes, keep the conversation going. Keep the challenges there, especially for artists to like, you know, test their creativity, push their boundaries, see where they can go, and that's awesome. But don't be annoying about it. Yeah, oh, yeah, there are people that are very like, annoying about it. It's one and thing to keep the conversation. there are artists like, there's not country, right. what I do is country. It's like an egg. Uh-huh. Mm. You know, you're right, but you're also wrong because mm-hmm. somebody else, it can be country. Right. So it's like a fine line. I'm with you on, yeah, wow, keeping the, actually, yeah, keeping the conversation and challenging it keeps it going and evolves it and makes it, better to some, worse to some, but it keeps it going. But but also- This is why how- I am the absolute best person for this job because I have such respect for the history of country music. Right. Love it. Consider myself, I'm not Marty Stewart, but an elementary scholar of the history of country music. I also love the new side of it mm-hmm. and the places it goes and the message because it's all about the message to me. So- Listen, when they brought in a steel guitar to country music, people were like, this is not country music. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. That when they put an amp with the steel guitar, they were like, this is not, this is against, but, but at the time that was crazy. It's what a snap track is now on some of these songs. And it, someday we're going to be like, people didn't think snap tracks were country. Anyway, Morgan number two, why'd you ask me that question? <laughs> <laughs> now he's mad. <laughs> um, okay. Is, is that it? Yeah. Okay. It that's is. it for today. Terry in Baltimore, you're on the Bobby Bone Show. Terry, what's happening with you? Good morning, Bobby. Good morning. Good morning, studio. Morning. Hey, Bobby, I read in your book that you worked with like a speech therapist to get rid of your accent. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself lapsing into it when you're talking to some country stars with thick accents? Yeah. I mean, I think I haven't gotten rid of my accent totally, but uh, what happened when I was in college... I thought, man, if I'm going to be on the radio and I'm going to be wherever this weird job sends me, I need to lose some of my accent. And so I went and I went for free because they were teaching speech pathology so you could work with some of the college kids that were learning how to teach people later in their career. And I worked on my my eyes because in Arkansas, your eyes aren't their eyes. Mm. And so it'd be like, uh, I'm feeling feeling fine. Oh, and yeah. that's normal. Your, eye, your, your eyes then turn to eyes. Another one you do is fishing, is fishing. 
your INGs. Because growing up, it's really small things that you work on that you try to eliminate anyone knowing where you're from. I still have a bit of a Southern accent, no doubt about it, because a lot of my friends that live in New York or that live in mostly the Eastern side of America give me a hard time about it still. Because I'll be on American Idol, which is a national show, and they'll be like, oh, the hillbilly's on American Idol, and that's fine. But um, when I get tired, you, you start to fall back and you get, get lazy. Mm-hmm. When I'm tired, I'm just tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, So, yeah, my accent does come out either when I'm tired or when I go back home to Arkansas and I'm there around some of my friends for a long period of time. You kind of just go back into it. Tara, you're in Baltimore. Do you hear it often? Like, do you hear it in me when I talk? Rarely. Mm. And I've got family and friends all over the South. But I do know when, I mean, and I grew up on the East Coast, but when I visit South, I start thinking in an accent. Nice. (laughs) I, I, um, yeah, when I'm tired, when I'm talking to folks... And some words I use are very Southern words that were just in my vernacular that I don't think about. Like, and t- I didn't know that washing detergent was called that regularly until you guys started making fun of me on the show because I would say, hey, we got to, I need, I was going to get some washing powders. And you guys were like, oh, look at the, <laughs> yee look at the hillbilly. It's detergent. Yeah. But washing powder, yeah. So there are certain things that I say too that words that I've also tried to eliminate. But I don't mind being regional at this point. Like, I think it, it, it definitely is who I'm from. I really worried about that in my, the first part of my career because I didn't want to be attached anywhere. Now I'm happy to be attached to where I'm from. So, um, that's an interesting question. I haven't thought about that in a while, Terry. I appreciate that. Okay. Enjoy the show. Y'all have a good day. Yeah. You have a good day too. Now you don't drink because you've never had anything to drink, but if you were to ever start drinking, I could see your accent coming out then. That's when you hear some people too. Like if they have a couple drinks, then their accent starts to slip back in Mm. because I guess they just get more relaxed because you really have to. How many grapefruit and club sodas (laughs) do I need before I start (laughs) falling back into that? I don't know. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So do you like sad movies? I know you like sad music, but sad movies? I. That's tough. It's tough. I like movies about dogs, but the bad thing is most dog movies end sad. True. Like, oh man, mm-hmm. what was that one? So I don't know that I love sad movies, but I like movies and the things that I like movies to be about often in sad. What's your favorite movie? My Dog Skip is the best dog movie possibly ever. <laughs> oh. I mean, I can cry just thinking about that movie. Favorite movie ever yeah. is Man on the Moon, Jim Carrey. Playing, s- playing Andy Kind of sad. A little mm-hmm. dark. because I don't know about dark. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a biography. I know, I mean, but a, I thought... I've only seen bits and pieces of it, and I was kind of sad. It is kind of sad it's overall. Sad. He gets sick. Yeah. Um. I don't. I, I'm gonna say I don't know that's sad, but I like real stuff. And sometimes, and, and you know what? Reality sad a lot of yeah. times. Well, I think this could apply to music too, because it, it music with you, even though it's sad, it's releasing some sort Love of emotion. Love sad music. Right. Oh, and like Cookie Monster, but with <laughs> sad songs. Well, I bring all this up because the psychologist explained why we like sad movies, or even if you don't, why watching a sad movie is good for you. And there's there's four reasons why. Sad movies let people experience emotions. They create a sense of empathy and bonding with the characters. The story often results in people feeling better about their own lives, and then crying can release oxycotton um, or oxy- oxycotton. Oxycotton. Wait, what? In the Keep crying. <laughs> <laughs> Oxytocin uh-huh. and other endorphins. So. So basically, we just want to feel. Yeah. And sad, sad movies, movies do allow that. you to do that. Yeah. So sometimes maybe you just need to. You hear like 
People are like, I just need to put on a good, sad movie, get a cry in, and like feel better. Hmm. Maybe what's that's the why. most sad movie? And when I say, what's your favorite sad movie? We'll oh. go around the room here. Favorite sad movie, Amy? Steel Magnolias. Hmm. I cry every time. What do you think my favorite sad movie is? Because My Dog Skip comes as his favorite dog movie. That's a tough one, and it's very sad. Ooh. But one of my favorite. Oh, uh, I'm going to tell you what got me was, and I don't know if it's sad or not, but Coco. Coco, yeah. Holy moly. That's a cartoon. Up. Oh, my goodness. Up is a sad movie. Oh, and those are cartoons. What's wrong with me? Like, I go right to two <laughs> cartoons. It's the most sad movie. Lunchbox? The saddest movie is The War with Kevin Costner and Elijah Wood. Eddie? Ooh, do you ever see Big Fish? Mm-mm. Big Fish is about this guy that uh, is just not really close to his dad, and then he gets to know his dad, and then right when that happens, he dies. Mm. Pretty sad. How about The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? Oh, my gosh, so Good sad. One. And it ends up, you know, not... But there are parts of that, yeah. like the bathroom scene where he locks himself in the bathroom with the, in the public... Oh, what he has to go through. But you're right. It, it's like a cutting feeling. Like I for sure feel right now what I felt then mm-hmm. whenever mm-hmm. I was watching that movie. All right. What else you got? Okay. Well, my next thing is that if you're feeling pain or sadness, the best thing you can do is have a pet, a dog or a cat. Yes. Having one literally can ease the pain when you're going through a difficult situation. Investigators looked at adults who had lost someone who was very close to them. You know, a parent, a sibling, a significant other. And they evaluated how they handled it, whether or not they had a dog or a cat. And the people with pets got through it a lot I'd like to make a... a, I'd like to give a theory. (laughs) Yes. As to why I think that is. I think that we have to become more selfless when we have to take care of something. So we don't have as much time for our own sadness if we've got to take care of something. That's not so much thinking about yourself. That's what I would say. I think kids are probably a big factor in that. I don't have kids. I have a dog that doesn't mind. That's all I have right now. Um, but I would think that's a big reason why. Yeah. But if your dog was more, if, was minding and being more Sometimes like. Sometimes it gets sad about my dog not minding. And <laughs> calm and cuddly and mm-hmm. stuff. Like it just can be of comfort. He's still ca- cuddly. My dog is amazing at two times. When he's going to sleep at night. <laughs> and when he's sleeping. <laughs> and and when he is still sleepy when he wakes up in the morning. Oh. Same with my kids. Yeah, those are the greatest. Yeah, <laughs> we have our right? best moments then. The rest is kind of like a wild card. You don't know what's going to happen. Kids are great. 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. What else? Okay, so Eddie got me this like rubber straw thing like with a case because I wanted to stop using plastic straws and we're all being more aware and conscious of that. Well, I wanted to talk about this new pinna straw because I know the big thing with like these reusable straws is like how do you clean them and you carry them around and uh well this is a straw that comes with a little case it looks it, like a, a, a AirPod an case. airpod case yeah. which is kind of what eddie gave yeah. me but this case can actually be filled with water and has little brushes on the inside and you can shake it up and it actually cleans the straw and Ooh. then you dump out the water let That's me say cool. this so you can take I, I'm it on all, i'm all for the environment i love the environment right what? great i'm not gonna go through all this for a straw i'm just gonna drink <laughs> it with my mouth hole like this is just a lot of work to not use your mouth hole you're not going to shake it up and wash you it? You're not just not going to carry this around with me when I can, when I already have a mouth hole. Like, well, what is so... so sometimes straws are just so... I just like... Convenient. But is it worth that convenience to have an inconvenient straw cleaner? You got a freaking car wash in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. You got to put a quarter in it. You got to... <laughs> well, in case people are curious, it's a pinna straw, P-E-N-N-A. And I get it. If, if you love straws, it, I get it. Yeah. Straws. Yeah, there you go. Straw struggle is real. I'm Amy. That's my pile. All right. That was Amy's pile of stories. Oh. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. 
Airport staff at Cincinnati's airport found a stuffed Dalmatian sitting in the chair, and they're like, man, I wonder where this belongs. And they put a call out on social media. Did someone lose their stuffed Dalmatian? And it turns out this six-year-old Jaden, who'd been adopted, that's the stuffed animal he got from the court when he was adopted, and he had left it in the baggage area. And so they found him and reunited with the puppy all the way down in Florida. That's awesome. Probably meant a lot to him, too. sure. Man, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Over to Amy with the Morning Corny. The Morning Corny. What's wrong with a blunt pencil? What's wrong with a blunt pencil? They're just really pointless. Nice. There <laughs> that was the Morning Corny. Do you ever eat PHO? Pho? That's what I call it. Oh. I guess it's not called that. I guess it's called pho. Oh, it's, I call it pho. Do you ever read that? Uh, no, but I mean, I know I live next to a f- restaurant. <laughs> what is it? They make fun of me because I'm like, hey, we should get some pho. And they're like, it's not called pho. It's called pho. Well, it's spelled pho. Uh, P-H-O. If it's spelled- uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to know how you, if you were also lame like me and said it wrong. Well, I do. <laughs> I never even, I didn't even know what it was mm. until it's I think like it's the, the same place like that you go to. Noodle bowl? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, here's a voicemail from Carrie. Hey, Bobby. Hey, studio. We are uh, taking my daughter in two weeks to college and setting her up in the dorm and everything. Uh, she is uh, going to nursing school at Georgia Southwestern. And I had a question for you. Uh, I think a lot of you guys in the studio have uh, lived in the dorm. Is there anything that we should know? Like if you go went back and you said, oh, I... I'm glad I had this, or I wish I had this in the dorm. Her name's Sydney. I'm very proud of her. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, yeah, I love the dorm. First of all, best thing I ever did was moving the dorm my freshman year. Made so many friends. Made that I still am with today. It wasn't the best, like, living building. Like, physically, it wasn't the best situation. We had to share a bathroom. We had no bathroom in our room. We had to walk down the hall, and there was a big bathroom that we all were in. So that part wasn't the best, but you're just with folks, and it's a confusing time because you're a freshman. You don't know a lot of folks. And when you're forced to be with people, you meet them. You learn them quicker. I love the dorm. If you have to share a bathroom, what I would recommend is a, like some kind of shower shoe or some kind of flip-flop that you can wear all the time. You? I never lived in a dorm. Oh, too good so. for too good for school, huh? <laughs> no, I wasn't in my freshman year. Remember, I didn't Dang. get into Texas A&M, so I had to go to the to Blinn, the junior college, and they didn't have dorms. Dang, dorm is awesome. Lunchbox, so you ever live in the I dorm? Wish. Oh, I love the dorm. Absolutely the best thing. You'll make your best friends there. And just whatever you do, don't wear your roommate's clothes. You know what I mean? Like, that's what – make your – keep your clothes on lockdown because you'll come in sometimes, your roommate be wearing your underwear, not cool. Uh, what? <laughs> you wore your roommate's or he wore yours? Uh, he wore mine. Well, one time found a pair of boxers in his dirty clothes, and I was like, okay, so that's <laughs> – I mean, just got to burn those. Okay. So, yeah, just make well, sure your roommate's them. not wearing yeah. – No, 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 no. We had a uh, – no, we had – one room. There were not split rooms in ours. So it was just literally one t- small square room. Yeah, that's ours. And we had two beds near each other. And it was very packed in. I could see where clothes would get mixed up, but I would never... I think I'd know my own underwear. Yeah. Yeah. Very awkward. Once a guy came peed in my recliner and thought it was the bathroom. That's great. I woke up hearing water on fabric, and I was like, what the... And he was just peeing. He had had too much to drink. And I was like, what are you doing? And he bought me another recliner later, and then I had that one clean, then I had two recliners. Nice. Boom. Uh, there you go. Hey, well, con- Sydney, congratulations. What? Can I just say to the dad that this is the sweetest call? Because for a dad to be so involved and care about his daughter's well-being, 
her dorm life. Like, I think that's super sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad's awesome, but he would never call anybody to ask for advice on what would make my life easier. Final advice would be to you, dad, is that she will figure out what she needs after she's there for a bit. Yeah. It's a whole new world. Uh, and it's, again, Lunchbox and I had the greatest dorm experiences in a place that really isn't that enjoyable. But it's the people, it's the situation, it's everybody's new to college, you learn. So you should be pumped for her, which sounds like you already are. And thank you for that. Lunchbox, who'd you call? I called Subway, the restaurant in New York, and I acted like I was trying to catch a train, and I needed to know what time it was leaving the Subway. So you're actually calling a Subway sandwich shop looking for the actual Subway? Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Hello, Subway. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Yo, I'm, I'm trying to get on that J train to the Queens. You know what I'm saying? What time's the latest J train? I think they've heard this bit before. <laughs> also, what's that accent? That's about New York. You know what I mean? What's say? What's say? Okay. New York. New York, New York. Hmm. How you? How you doing? <laughs> That's all I can do is Joey. All right. Yeah, 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 man. Uh, yeah, yo, I'm trying to get. I'm on my work, you know, and I'm working late, and I'm trying to find out what's the latest one train to the Bronx. <laughs> Let's try one more. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get on that one train to the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? Tonight, what time's the latest train leave? Sorry, sir. This is subway restaurant, not subway train. Oh, wait, wait, wait! No, no, no! It's a subway. Like, you know, like I'm trying to go to the Bronx. Go Yanks! You know what I'm saying? I got a business meeting. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know because this subway restaurant, sir. So you 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 don't look up the subway? You don't have the map right there? You tell me how to get there? I don't. I don't have, sir. Sorry about that. I don't know. Oh man, you know, like because I'm 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 new here. I'm I'm not used to these subways, and I'm just trying to figure out my my way around. Yeah, this is subway. Uh, like, like, is the one train a good train? Is that a good one to take to the Bronx? <laughs> He's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm kind of like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Here's the game. I will give you the actor. You give me the TV role they're best known for, okay? And these are all people that basically we just know from having one role. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. for example, how this came up was Elizabeth Berkley had a, a birthday last week. She turned 48. Do you know who Elizabeth Berkley is? Yes. Who? Um, Say by the Bell, mm-hmm. Jesse Spano. Mostly people know her as Jesse Spano. Yeah, or that... Dancer show she did is a movie, right? Yeah, what was it called? Strip Showgirls. Showgirls. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also finished sixth on Dancing with the Stars season seventeen. I had no idea. Exactly. Okay. So I'll give you the actor. One, two, three, four. See if you can uh, give me the TV role they're best known for. Amy, Lunchbox, Morgan, number two. You guys all play. Okay. All right. Okay. Write your answer down. Up first, Jason Alexander. What's the one role? Jason Alexander had that we know him for. He's out of the roles. Morgan, are you in? I'm in. What do you have? I don't have. I don't have his character name. I have Seinfeld. Seinfeld's right. Good. Okay. Lunchbox. George Costanza. Okay, Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh, what am I looking for? Oh, I have George Costanza. Mike, what do you want on this? Their character, character name? name? Oh, Morgan, I'm sorry. The judge has ruled. <laughs> Amy and Lunchbox, one point. It is George Costanza from Seinfeld. All right, how about this one? Rain Wilson. Morgan. That 70s show, I got nothing. Also, not a name of a person. <laughs> uh, Lunchbox? Dwight Schrute. Amy? Dwight Schrute. From The Office, Dwight Schrute. Yep. How about Alfonso Ribeiro? 
Here's an actor. Alfonso Ribeiro. Morgan? Well, you're, t- you're struggling, <laughs> huh? I really am. He's, is he the, the, the did I do that guy? Is he? Nope, is not. Dang it. Lunchbox? It's Carlton Banks. There you go. Amy? Carlton Banks. From the Fresh Prince, right? That's it. Now this is a story all about how right, two my more. wife got Jalil White. Jalil White. What character did he play? Mostly just know him from this one character. Morgan? Family Matters? I really don't have characters. Lunchbox? <laughs> Urkel. Amy? Steve Urkel. Urkel, Family Matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. One more. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Morgan, you're going over five. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at you over there. You don't even put your head down to try to think of one. This is no, there's nothing. And these are all older shows for me. Yeah, but they're still on reruns. Yeah, I know the, I know the TV shows, but character-wise, yeah. I got nothing. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, what do you have? Nothing. Tim the Toolman Taylor? No. No. <laughs> on the same time, but not the same show. Lunchbox? He's Frasier. Amy? Shoot. I thought the show was called Kelsey. Was his name Kelsey Grammer? <laughs> I just said Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> I know, but That's I his thought name. I thought he was played himself, but it was Frasier, wasn't it? It was Frasier Crane. An idiot. Frazier. Yeah. I put Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> you know how you know shows are like that sometimes. Lunchbox wins. There you go. <laughs> Amy sent me a text, and all it said was, "I love you having a girlfriend." Why'd you send that text? Oh, I think I just was feeling different about how you are and how fun it is to have her. I guess obviously because I like her. I like you having a girlfriend. If I didn't like her, then it would be a nightmare. But I love her. And then I love how she is for you and how you are. How am I any different because of her? Feel everything just feels different. I can't explain it. That's why I'm I'm having trouble finding the words other than that I wanted you to know like I really like this relationship a lot. I think she's good for you. I think she's fun. I think she's you're more social but not in a I mean we're in a pandemic. Y'all you're not like super social, but you're intentional about y'all just do things together. Like I can tell it's been good for you. Something about you is just more. I'm going to tell you what she did to me. So I'm very much about being on time all the time. She, eh, take it or leave it. Right. Same. That's why I like her. Yeah. Well, we had a meeting with a guy, and we were meeting at this place, and I don't, I don't want to give too many details, but he was providing a service, and we were meeting there to see if he would provide sort of, and he's like eight minutes late. And I'm like, I could not believe Oh, yeah. He's eight minutes. Did she tell you the story? No, but I mean, I've been there with my husband. And- I said, if it were me, I would be here 15 minutes early because I'm trying to sell my service. And she's like, well, everybody's not like you. Let's just hear him out. If, and if he says something great, if he doesn't, whatever, don't do what you do. What I do is I'm just already irritated. I'm irritated. I'm like, I respected you enough to be here on time. You couldn't respect. It, it's just my normal me. I'm always going to be there because I feel... So the guy gets there. I'm irritated. Eight minutes late. 
So we sit at the table. We start talking about whatever we're talking about. And he's like, hey, I'm re- <laughs> this is embarrassing to share. He's like, hey, I'm really sorry I'm late. Uh, my my dad's uh, buried over here. I don't get to this part of town often. And I stopped off. And I was just like, I am such an idiot. Yeah. See? Ah! And then we finished. And she just looked at me. And she's just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. And th- she's good for you. She's the yin to your yang or whatever. That but- would be the accurate thing to say, like yin to yang. Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt pretty dumb after that. But I still, then I was like, this is me being an idiot. I was like, but don't you leave 15 minutes earlier? But maybe it was. I know, you're right. You're right. That's all I'm saying. But she is good in that way. She does push. Yeah, she doesn't take my crap. Yeah, she doesn't. But she, I think she should take it a little more, honestly. Why? Because I like my crap to be taken a little bit. Yeah, I, I think she's good for you. Yeah. I've, I just feel something different. I was asking her about you the other day. Because she doesn't, you know, she moved here and it's not been normal socially. So she hasn't been able to go out and make friends, really. And I was like, who would you, like, would you put on your tier of friends? Because, you know, she can't, like, go out. She can't go to a gym and work out and meet people. But you're up in her A-list. Oh. Yeah. She was like, Amy, obviously. That's worried about that. You always worry about that. Yeah. I, I think that it's awesome to see you caring about somebody. Look at that. Not that you don't care. I mean, you care about people, but in this way, it's just been good for you. I see a difference. Can't really explain it. I just like it, and I like her, so don't mess it up. Excuse me? I was about to go to song. Excuse me? <laughs> I said, don't mess it up. What do, you, what do you mean? Don't get scared. And I'm not going to. I know. I'm just, or don't, don't you mess up and do something. What would I do? I don't know. Just don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. An Indiana boy got some help running his lemonade stand from a surprising person, a a local cop. Jalen Wilson was totally surprised when South Bend officer Ron Glon showed up and said, hey, let me help you out with this lemonade and this popcorn and I'll do some selling too. And if that wasn't enough, the officer pledged to match 100% of the money that his stand made that day. He was going to match it. So one, he's like, dang, that's really cool. And two, he's like, man, cops around here are awesome. And he's like, hey, don't be afraid of police officers. That's what Jalen said. So love that story. Wanted to share it with you guys. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. When's your son's birthday? August 10th. Next week. Next week, yeah. Dang. He's going to be 10. It's a big one. Yeah. I mean, mean, 10 for me was big because you turned double digits. I know. I can't believe it. He thinks he should get a phone because he's going to be 10. Are you going to give him a phone? No. What do, what do you get a 10-year-old? I think like a hoverboard or something. Yeah. Or something like that. Because his sister got one for her birthday, and now they fight over it. And I'm kind of done with that. So Did Kayla tell you about the golden birthday? Yeah, she did. Because I mentioned to her that he's turning 10 and his birthday is August 10th. And she immediately said, his golden birthday I looked at her. Wait, August 10th. August 10th, he's turning 10. On 2010. Yeah. 2020. It doesn't matter the year. It only matters the day you were born. Oh, that stinks for me. I was two. Right. I know. (laughs) I remember my golden birthday. Right. And I missed mine 
I was 18 because mine's March 18th. And so I was like, why am I just now learning this? I'm almost 40 years old. And she acts like it's a really big deal. And you celebrate it and make a huge deal about it. And I'm like, well, thank goodness you told me in time. Explain the golden birthday again. It's when you're turning the age of the day that your birthday is on. So you're April 2nd, too. Sorry about that. 18 for me. My daughter, she'll be 25 for her golden birthday. Lunchbox missed his his oh. I think we all missed ours because we're all yeah, over I didn't 31. Know oh, yeah, we're all old. <laughs> There's more than, no more than 30. Well, I guess days. Morgan. Morgan, when's your birthday? No, mine's October 6th. So you're six. Really Did your parents celebrate it? No, I don't Have think you ever so. heard Not of it? I, I never heard of a no. golden birthday. Uh-uh. Me neither. But for like some people, yeah, they it's like super special. So I'm going to, we're going to live it up. It's his golden year. Have you told him it's a golden birthday? No, I'm surprised him on his birthday. Uh. And then I'll just tell Safira, don't get jealous at 25, you'll get something. Wait, what's happened? So you guys doing like, a, I'm, I'm assuming you're doing something because for your daughter, you did a socially distant movie. Yeah. I mean, we just had a movie on a big screen at the house. I think we're going to do the same thing, but outside. <laughs> Hers was supposed to be outside, but the weather was bad, so we had to do it inside. So it'll kind of be the same. Is there anything I can't get him? No. You want to get him a hoverboard? <laughs> oh, get him a phone. Just kidding. No. <laughs> no, no. I, because I got a in trouble things. When, yeah. when I came and I was like, here's all this stuff. I know. What can I not get him? What would you like me to get him? He has a list. Okay. Send me want, the list. Do you want the list? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Be easier. It, listen, if he's got something out there, I'm happy to get it. <laughs> Trust is it, me. Is it a registry? Can <laughs> I click, click, click and have a mail to you? No. Oh. There's no registry. I don't want to get ridiculous, but he does have a list and he is really excited about his birthday. So that's cute. I want him to, he just is such a little, he's like 10, but he's just, Stashir is super responsible and knows where all of her stuff is. And then he just kind of loses things, you know? Like, but that's not an age thing. He'll probably do that his whole life, like you and me. That's why I can't. We're similar in a lot him. of ways, but also you live your life wild and free. Mm-hmm. I live my life regimented, down to the minute, second, make sure things are buttoned up. Yeah. That doesn't mean we're any any better or worse than each other. He like puts stuff in his jacket pocket and then doesn't zip up the pocket and then ties the jacket around his waist and then goes for a bike ride. And he's like, I don't know what happened to my AirPods. I don't know. <laughs> oh, where were they? They're in my pocket. Which pocket? The one dangling down while you have it tied around your waist? So stuff like that. So that's why I'm hesitant sometimes. Does he need AirPods? Is that how you're <laughs> telling me he needs AirPods? No, but he, he, he got AirPods because he, he earned them. He did a bunch of work and earned them because he really wanted them. But he only lost one AirPod, you know, because they're... Well, they might as well lose both of no, them if he lose one of them. but you know what I learned is you can buy single AirPods. Isn't that awesome? I didn't know that. Me and neither. And you can rematch them, pair them? I guess so. Oh. I, do, I only had just found it online because I was researching and buying. I thought it'd be funny for his birthday for him to open it up and it'd just be one AirPod, you know? <laughs> and it said you could do it, so... All right. Whatever. Happy golden birthday. Happy golden birthday. All right. This is a message that was left for me from Jackson, who's 13 years old. Morning, studio. I'm 13 years old. And uh, me and my family have been talking about maybe moving. Bobby, I know that you said you moved many times in your life. Can you help me give me some advice, you know, like going to a brand new school, you know, new people, don't know nobody. I would really appreciate it. Man, I tell you, I went to a bunch of new schools. They walk you in that classroom door and they would say, class, this is Bobby. Half of them look at you and care. The other half, the opposite, would try to show you they didn't care at all. The best thing about it was, though, is every stop I made, I made more and more friends. 
it's always a bit awkward and weird when you have to meet new people. And not just for 13 years old, when you go to college, when you start a new job, this is something that happens to you in your life over and over again. The great thing about it is you get to start experiencing it and getting better at it younger. For me, it was a valuable tool. Yeah, it stinks sometimes, but at some point in your life, you're going to have to do it anyway. So, I mean, I changed schools second grade, fourth grade, sixth grade, at least four times. And every time they open that door, you walk into a classroom, a kid's already sitting in there. Also, listen, if you're moving into virtual school time and everything's kind of off anyway, maybe it's easier to get back in that way. Oh, yeah, true. Because everything's so off anyway. Let's hope to God kids get back to school as soon as they possibly can when everything is safe. But here's what I'm going to say, Jackson. For me, as someone who moved around a lot, because we would get kicked out of places, kicked out of the trailer park, evicted. It isn't the most pleasurable thing right away, but you make so many more friends and you're going to be so ahead of the game for everyone else in life that hasn't had to move around and go through those situations. It's going to make you so much stronger. Like if I need to, I can walk in a room right now and just dominate the room. That's just a skill I've had to pick up. So it's going to be good for you, man. You're going to make a lot of friends. And it's also, listen, Jackson, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how the situation is with the girls, but when you're the new guy, all the girls are a little bit curious at first. Oh, tell us more. Well, they were only curious for a minute. They figured me out (laughs) that they wouldn't. But for Jackson, he sounds like a real winner there. I like this guy. It's going to be an overall good experience, Jackson. It'll be a little rocky for a second, but I think you're going to be very happy you moved because you're just going to acquire a whole new skill set. You're going to make a whole new crop of friends. And I'll end on this. If there was something about you at your last school you didn't like, you turned it, you know, people had an idea of you for someone. You can be whoever you want at the new school. It's like when you go to college. You're like, you you don't have to be the same person you are in high school. If you're trying to like have people know something about you that maybe you didn't do a good enough job at you can do that here. You can be anybody you want. Mm-hmm. All right, Jackson. Go get them, dude. All right, check this game out. I'm going to play you a cartoon character. It's voiced by a celebrity. Just name the celebrity doing the voice. For example, this number one's pretty easy. You are a toy! That's you weren't the real buzz. Woody from Toy Story. That's Tom Hanks. That's Tom Hanks, right. Okay, I have five of these for you. Let's see how many you get. Uh, here we go. First one up is Dory from Finding Nemo. I, I suffer from short-term memory loss. No, it's true. I forget things almost instantly. It runs in my family. When life gets you down, you know what you got to do? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. This is my dream job. That's Ellen. What is? Voicing a fish. Oh, a specific fish. It, oh. Yeah. All right. This is a baby from Boss Baby. Fine. I can talk. Now let's see if you can listen. Give me a double espresso and see if there's some place around here with decent sushi. I'd kill for a spicy tuna roll right about now. Get yourself a little something. Who's that celebrity voice? I've seen Boss Baby, but I don't know who that is. Should I know? Mm-hmm. Can I get a hint? New Yorker. I mean, you can hear it by his accent a little bit. Ray, we play a little more of that? Fine. I can talk. Now let's see if you can listen. Anything? Mm-mm. It's Alec Baldwin. Oh, okay, yeah. Now I know that. Here it is again. Yeah. Fine. I can talk. Yeah. Here it now. Now let's see if you totally. can Totally. All right, see if you can name Branch from Trolls. Really, really great. Good job. I could hear you from a mile away. Poppy, if I can hear you, so can the Bergens. They're not going to find me because I'll be in my highly camouflaged. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, nice. Okay, how about Oscar from Shark Tale? I don't know, Ange. I, look, it's just hard, all right? Because I'm... Th- I'm a little fish in a big pond, a really big pond. The ocean, I'm a nobody. Who's that? Wilson. Nice. That. Let's do Maui from Moana, unless you already know. The Rock. Yeah. So what I believe you were trying to say 
All right, all right. Is, she knows that one. How about Guru from Despicable Me? Rule number one. You will not touch anything. Okay, rule number two. You will not bother me while I'm working. Rule number three. You will not cry or whine or laugh or giggle or sneeze or burp or fart. Shoot. Um... I'm going to say Michael Scott. It is. Steve Carell. That's who it is. Nice job. You're pretty good at that. Oh, okay. Here, bonus one. See if you can name Ralph from Wreck-It Ralph. My name's Ralph, and I'm a bad guy. Uh, Let's see. I'm nine feet tall. I weigh 643 pounds. Got a little bit of a temper on me. I'm a wrecker. I wreck things professionally. I'm going to wreck it. I mean, I'm very good at what I do. Probably the best I know. You know who that is? I don't. John C. Riley. I don't know. Do you know who that is? No. When I say John C. You would if you saw a picture. Um, Step Brothers. He's the other Step Brothers. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. With all right. Will Ferrell. You did okay. I give you a B minus. Thank you. I'll take it. I was a B student. Hope everybody has a great day. Thanks for hanging out. We just appreciate that you'll be our friends. And hopefully we give you some companionship as you do whatever it is you're doing this morning. Or listen on the podcast. Whatever you're doing. Just thank you. See you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Get your Bobby Balls on. On Crook and Chase Nashville Chats, a visit with global superstars Brian Kelly and Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line. Now, they've made history with their music and have been just as successful offstage. However, there's one thing they've decided they won't do during the pandemic. You'll learn what and why. Plus, a chat about what they'll explore next and fashion, family, and out of nowhere, butt skiing. <laughs> it's Tyler and BK with CNC. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.